If you are an estate agent, letting agent, or someone who is interested in the UK property market, then this, the UK property market stat show, is for you. My name is Chris Walken, and each week I produce the UK property market stat show. And I always bring in a special guest, someone who knows what they're talking about when it comes to the property market. And this week we're joined by Ben Madden. We'll come to Ben in a second. The purpose of this show is to show you what's happening in the property market right here, right now. Most property stats that you see from the Halifax and the Nationwide and the Land Registry are looking at sales that took place six, seven, eight, even nine months ago. This show looks at what's happening to the property market right here, right now. And by looking at what's happening to the property market right here, right now, we can foretell what's going to be happening in the property market six or nine months time. So if you want to know what's happening in the property market, then this show is for you. Today's special guest is Ben Madden. He has been on the show. He's a regular contributor to the show and he knows his stuff when it comes to property. He is an estate agent from West London. And also, he specialises in the upper quartile properties, being big in the game in, with the Fine and Country Network. Um, ben, thanks for joining us again for week 36 of the UK Property Market Stats Show. How are you today, mate? Thanks for having me. Very good. Pleased to be here. Great nice. intro as always. Thank you very much. That's very, very kind. So we're dealing with week 36, so I'll just have a look down on my calendar. And week 36 was Monday, the uh, 4th of September, all the way through to Sunday, the 10th of September, inclusive. And we will look at week 36 in isolation. We'll look at week 36 in isolation compared to the other 30, week 36 is going back to 2017. And we'll also look at the year-to-date figures. And from that, we can judge up what's going to be happening in the property market. It's really important we know what's going to happen because by knowing, then we can plan ahead as estate agents. Um, and also, if you're interested in the property market, you can see that as well. Why is it important? Well, the bottom line is this, is that the property market is just like a normal economics. It's all down to demand and supply. So if we can see the number of properties coming on the market, which is supply, the number of properties selling, which is demand, and we see the trends of those, we can judge what's going to happen to house prices as well as transaction levels. So, Ben, shall we dive straight into the Stadaroonies? Let's do it. So here we are with the stats this week, and we are looking at listings first, as we always do. And last week, we had a little bit of a wobble when it came to our listings, just to give you an idea. Last week, I mean, the weeks before, you know, first week in um, July, sorry, in August, we had 31,700 listings. First, second week in August, 31,700 Listings, 31, six, that, 31,600 listings, 31,000. And then last week, 26,000. This week, as we thought they would, Ben, we have bounced back up to 34,000. So nothing really to worry about there. We'll go look at the sales as well in a second. Year to date, our um, listings are 1,000, 1,175,000. And the pro average price of a property that's coming on the market, again, I want us to particularly look at this, has shot up to 472. Interestingly, throughout the whole of the summer, that's been bubbling around 395, 400. And in the last two weeks, she's gone from 405 to 433, and this week, 472. And um, in terms of numbers this week in isolation, as I said, 34,006, and that is how it compares to the rest of uh, week 36s so what's your thoughts on this one ben yeah i mean it's it, I, I find um boring consistent um data really really quite sexy so for me there's a lot of sex appeal here we've got standard trend lines the market is behaving in the same way it does every year august bank holiday weekend what am I doing? Well, a dozen people I know got married. I got married the same weekend seven years ago. It's not a week where you're thinking about property. It's a week where you're either thinking about, God damn it, I've got to go to another wedding. Or, great, the kids are going back next week. Crazy panic. Let's get themselves ready for school. Let's do everything we need to. So it's not a property market week. First week of September, though, bounce back ability. Life is back to normal. It's time to start getting on with what we want to do before Christmas. Because if you go to the supermarket, 
it's not just Halloween in the aisles. You can now find Christmas stuff. So it's, you know, if we're into the business end of the year, it's time to make a decision. And that's what the consumers are doing. First week in September, let's get it done. What about the average price of a property coming on the market? Like I said, that has been hovering very nicely around the um, 380, 390, very early 400s. In the last two weeks, that has shot up last week, 433, and this week, 472. Could that just be a blip? Or that could that be more bigger houses coming on the market, more expensive houses? I think... Um... I think two weeks in isolation is difficult to say for sure that it's a trend, although I would say two weeks already implies that it's not a blip. A blip is one week. Two weeks in a row consistently showing quite significant jumps in pricing leads me to believe it's much more about the housing stock that's coming to the market or generally come to the market in September. September is the family move quite often, uh, whereas through the summer, um, I would argue certainly... um, Summer movers are your one, your two beds, less likely to have children. The families are far too, and I speak from personal experience with three little girls, there's absolutely no time for anything when three little girls are not at school throughout the summer. So the family moves, they hold off the bigger properties, they hold off coming to the market. And I think that's 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 probably all it is. Although it's interesting how the average must have been driven down because I would also imagine in the spring, there's quite a lot of family. We see a lot of family property entering the market, and yet that didn't drive up the average price over the period of the year. So, yeah, I think it's just something to keep an eye on over the next couple of weeks. Well, uh, let's just have a quick look. Now, this is going to look not particularly good on the screen, but do remember, ladies and gentlemen, this charts, as with all the charts, are available to download. If you're watching this on YouTube, you scroll down to the bottom of the description. And hey, presto, this is all available to download. And again, I'm gonna. It's it is hard to see, but uh, in January we were at four on an average of. Let's just pull up the averages here. Four seventeen. Um, in the summer we were averaging four four five. Then she dropped off in in August to around the the, the early four hundreds, late three hundreds, and she's come back with a vengeance again. I think that's something that we need to keep an eye on just to see if that is a blip. And I think you're right. It's that it's not that house prices are rising. They certainly are not. What is happening though is that um, I think bigger houses, like you say, more family houses are coming on the market. Also, what we're tending to, what I'm hearing from around the, the market at the moment is that there seems to be the lower end seems to be doing quite fine because buy to let investment. You know, where else are you going to put your money? Um, I know a lot of landlords are leaving, but actually. Uh, quite a few are coming into buy to let. I mean, to give you an idea, buy to let purchases last quarter were only twenty two percent down on the court the same quarter in twenty two, which again screws up most people's heads. It's just that more landlords are selling up, um, and the top end people that are seen, you know, the, the the upper quartile. I don't know if you're finding it in London, but the upper quartile again seems to be doing okay. I think. Um, have you got some stats for your part of West London? I mean, anything yeah. just. I mean, I, I wouldn't describe, um, go as far as to say sort of top end of the market, London is bulletproof, but I would say it's very well insulated. You know, it's, there's a lot of cash rich, um, strong equity position. Um, we certainly, the last six months, first quarter, first three months of the year were extraordinarily tough. Um, the sentiment, more than anything, was just on its knees. Um, and I think that was market wide. And I think everyone talked about that. And the, the concern was more middle of the year cash flow position for a lot of businesses because there weren't transactions working their way through at the same level they needed to be. Then we sort of got to spring. I would say the last six months, and I don't want to, you know, general sweeping statements. I'm proud of our business and the stuff we do. We've had a good six months as a business. I think a lot of that is from the work the team have done to build their lead generation activities and create opportunities for themselves over the last few years. Things are coming to fruition, but actually that doesn't work if if buyers are not in the market and they're not ready to transact. So buyers have been in the market the last six months. Um, I, I've got some real, yeah, sort of up to the minute raw data. Last week in our training session, we just wanted to see how the summer had performed market-wide versus our performance, because we were happy with the summer. Um, and in two of our core markets, which just won't mean anything to a lot of people, but two core markets of the 13 postcodes we cover. One is Chiswick W4, lovely area of West London. The other is Ealing, which is a W5, W13, two postcodes, again, really nice area of West London. And interestingly, both normally in London, you'll see transactions. So conversion rate from instructions to sales 
can fluctuate anywhere between 30 and 60%, 60% being the absolute best. Very, very rare you see more than a, a, an away rate, we call it higher than 60%. In August, more properties sold in Chiswick above a million pounds than came to the market, which is the first time I've ever seen that. Now I appreciate it's August, so less comes to the market, but actually the numbers weren't drastically down in August for new instructions coming to the market, but the actual sales performance was astonishing. Um, I've never seen more property sold than into the market, which tells you consumer sentiment, right? You know, we don't know what's going to happen in September. There's property on the market. I like it. Let's buy it perhaps in isolation. So the hot buyers are really there. It might not be volume, but actually, if you're a seller in Chiswick right now, you're thinking, wow, Ealing, which never performed as well as Chiswick, performed at 88%, which 88% is astonishing until I break your heart with Chiswick selling above. So... Um, yeah, I, I think the um, London million pound plus market is reasonably well insulated. Um, in West London, is million upper quartile, upper third? No, I mean, we don't. It, it's difficult because Finding Country have coined the term upper quartile. And as a uh, representative with Finding Country brand, uh, I have to say that, you know, it makes sense. But actually, it's such a um, confusing term. I've never in my life, other than in the world of estate, I've never heard a consumer say, uh, upper quartile, just like very few consumers will tell you their home is a luxury home. Um, from our perspective, we think of um, the price bracket being a million fills and is good from a data perspective to give people a picture of what the upper end of the market is doing. But um, answer the question, is it Chris, it would honestly vary from month to month, depending on what comes on Roughly, the Is it roughly, is it the top end? Uh, um, so... Um, if you when you say topping, you want to know what the top twenty five percent price point is. Yeah, well, I mean, it's probably one point five, one point five, one point eight, something like that. Is the top end uh, above that? Is yes. Okay. All right. That's, okay. There goes. Right. Let's get back to the stat Roonies because that's what we're here for. Thank you for sharing that, my friend. Uh, let's move on and look at the number of price changes. And it looks like the number. Uh, it looks like estate agents have come back from holiday, and their bosses have been cracking the whip because last week, the number of uh, price reductions was twenty four thousand three hundred and fifteen. When you consider that the av weekly average is nineteen thousand seven hundred and two. That's a lot of price reductions. What's your thoughts on that? Um, yeah, I mean, it's an uplift against the average, but then I, I would imagine the previous four, five, six weeks, the numbers were below average. So it, it's a little bit of catch up possibly. Um, and it's the start of September. You know, if you're going to get sold this year, let's be proactive. Let's get something done. If you haven't sold over the summer, the period of time you've been on the market, I can't imagine many people brought property to market over the last four to six weeks. So, the assumption is you've been on the market eight, maybe 12 weeks. It's absolutely time to adjust that price and get yourself sellable. Yeah, the the um, average number of reductions, as I said, is 19,702. And actually, it looks like estate agents have been quite busy over the summer because it's been hovering around that 20 mark, as I said. That's it, really? <laughs> yeah, no, but, it, but it's not 24 like this time. Um, again, this is, again, these look big numbers, but when you actually look at it, when you consider there's just over 600,000 houses on the market at any one time at the moment in the UK, we're only reducing about 13 or 14% of our stock. When you consider that there's still overvaluing going on in a state agency, one could ask if that is the right sort of level. We'll come on to that later because we've got some interesting stats. Should we move over to sales, mate? Yes. You haven't seen these, so here we go. So we were all a bit worried about last week because sales dropped from an average of around 20,300, and she dipped down to 17. You can see the dip there. But hey, presto, she's back with a vengeance at 20,271. And so that is it, just back to the trend line graph. Every other year, uh, there's been a dip, the bounce back has got to the same position as the previous week, and we've done the exact same this year, right? Yeah. So what what is interesting there is is that while sales are running higher in 18 and 19 and 17, so the, the dip was higher, the dip this time wasn't as great. The average dip in those three years, I, I worked it out last week, was about 18 or 19%. I think we dipped 15%. 14.7 then research well so we've did we've come back up again because again i log on on a monday or a tuesday to see the stats thinking oh my god is this the week where it's all gone belly up and you look at those magic figures and if it's got a two in front of it i'm quite happy or late teens uh now what is interesting ben is this is 
that most of the sales are loaded towards the end of the week. So if you go and look at the, I look at the national stats midweek, and normally the number of sales on say a Wednesday is like five or 6,000 pounds. And you go, oh my word, this is, you know, end of the world. And then all of a sudden she thought that they're falling on a Friday and then sat these figures because of Fridays, because uh, you're looking at the portals and all the, the, the scraping where the data comes from, they, they always come back. But I, I find it fascinating that most sales, I don't, th I don't think many agents actually anecdotally know that, but they don't actually measure it. Most sales come at the end of the week. Did yeah, because you... it sort of makes sense. I, I, ours normally come mid to late because a, a lot of the activity is based around uh, events happen at the weekend, then follow-ups early in the week, then initial offers middle of the week, and then, yeah, transactions agreed towards the end of the week. So, yeah, it sort of makes sense, yeah. Yeah, okay. So, accumulative gross sales to date. Well, uh, net sales is more important because that's the stuff that we get paid on and stuff that gets exchanged on and the stuff that people actually move on. Uh, we are beginning to drag a little bit compared to the figures of 17, 18, and 19. Isn't it interesting that if you go back to some of the old shows in gross sales in 2020, that the line was back here. But if you actually sales yeah. in 2020, this time we're just going like rocket ship. It was we were selling somewhere in the late 30s per, per week. They, they were they were happy days where we were making hay. Uh, the average price of a property selling is £357,000 last week before 347, the week before 347, the week before that 351. So I find it interesting that the sale, the, the average price of a property selling is, a, is is remaining the same, but for the last two weeks, the number of that the average price of a property come on the market has got greater. So what we've got to watch out on is, is if these posher houses are coming on the market, if that is the case in the last couple of weeks, will that figure rise in line? Now, what I am hearing is, is that, you know, we talked about the market. So yes, the upper quartile or whatever you want to call it, the posh, the posh range is kind of insulated and is doing okay. The bottom end's okay. It's that tricky middle market. People who have got your know, three or 400,000 pound mortgages, you know, and, you know, interest rates now are much higher you know they're the ones that are hurting a bit now again i think a big one that could affect the market is how many people who are coming off their variable rate are going to be putting their houses on the market again that could be some of those listings could be some of those who knows eh? You, again if you've got some information you want to share it with us then please do send me a private dm confidentiality is everything if you're finding that um any thoughts on this mate I mean, yeah I, well first i think you know, the higher price point properties coming to the market over the last two weeks, I think in another two, three, four weeks, we'll be able to see how that impacts property selling. I think it's fair to say um, properties are probably not flying off the shelves unless they're, you know, really honestly priced exactly where they need to be, which is still, um, I think, a challenge in the, in the property market. Um, from a volume perspective, I still do believe we'll catch 2017. Uh, I think I was on the show in January, and I say that I'm confident we'll catch uh, 17, 18, 19. I may eat my words on 18 and 19, but I think we'll catch 17. Um, and yeah, I think the point you make you know, about private DMs and people having sort of anecdotal stories, the upsides of market at the family upsides are the, um, you know, they had another kid, they need to do something or they're coming off their, their fixed mortgage rate. That we all know, that's the market that's going to be most impacted. They're going to be most challenged by the changes to mortgage rates. Um, the, the litmus test is, do they all um, consider a different market where they can have the same size property at a lower price point? And what does that do for housing markets around the country? Do we find that commuter belt properties, prices start to go, start to increase? You know, and does it mean that in the, in the more traditionally popular towns, our price is going to start to decrease? And what does that do from a national picture? It's going to be an interesting six to 12 months, I think. Uh, interestingly, uh, yesterday, as you know, I do uh, the Watkins sofa, and I had an estate agent from South Wales um, in that Cardiff to to Swansea area, and what he said was, is that the bottom end is doing really well because it's great for buy to let, but what is interesting is is that everyone in the middle to middle upper, everyone's downsizing, but no one's really upsizing because all the stuff that's selling is landlords getting out, so you're not releasing a second time buyer. Mm. But everyone, everyone's wanting to come down. So what we might have again is an is is an extenuation of the of like a two or three tier market or a different mm. 
I don't know. Keep an eye on that one again. If you well, it's, down, it's, 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 it's London post-COVID if you're in an apartment. Everybody wants out, nobody wants in. And so you've got this absolute impasse and it, it just grinds the market to a halt, which is a very, very extreme scenario, an isolated incident. But you certainly, I, I think there's a chance you're going to find pockets of that sort of thing happening around the country. Indeed. Indeed. I think what we've got to remember, boys and girls, is that there isn't just one UK property market. There is, you know, each town is a fly's eye. It's like a fly's eye, but then in each town, different areas will work in different ways as well. That's where the power of a good estate agent comes in. Fall throughs. So fall throughs at uh, 6,119 this week with a fall through rate of uh, 29.69. So we've just nipped up a bit. She's been hovering around those late 20s, early 30s now since July, remembering that in Q4, when a certain budget was around, she was hovering around the early 40s. So let's not panic too much. Um, but the, the fall through rate is slightly higher. Um, it's almost like it, it's set in back to 30%. So the long-term average um, for fall-throughs is 24.28. Uh, so we are slightly above. Any reason why we you think fall-through rates are slightly higher than the long-term average? Um, well, I mean, yeah, I, I think there's just, you know, the media is doing its, its bit, isn't it? There's The scaremongering is rife. You, you know, you can't, what I say on a podcast, you could turn Peppa Pig on and they're talking about the economy at the moment. You just can't get away from it. Um, there's a lack of certainty. You know, we've got what you know. People aren't actually talking about it that much at the moment. There's a general election next year. What's that doing to people's thought process? Um, I think there are a lot of reasons. If you're holding equity, if you're not impacted by interest rates, there's a lot of reasons for the consumer to say, "Let's just see what happens." Let's, you know, we don't need to make a decision if there's no need. It's just that we quite like to. Let's just see what happens over the next couple of years. And I think there's plenty of people out there doing that right now that weren't doing that last year, that weren't doing that the year before. So um, I, my general view, why is the full through rate a little bit higher? Impulse, I like it, let's go for it. Logic sets in, you know what, I'm not quite sure. Let's just pull back and stay where we are. And that's all I think it is. On that though, 29%, and I've said this on the show before, every industry trainer I've ever worked with uh, and and I've said it myself for the last 20 years. I remember being told this very early in my essentially career regards the abortive rate, the fall through rate in agency is one in three. So I know the seven year weekly average is actually one in four, which is amazing that that's the truth. But we've all been this, this, that one in three. So what I'm seeing right now is one in three. And I've always worked off that as a business owner. So it's, yeah, for me, it's not the end of the world. And I think a lot of agents out there, I see it all the time on social media, one in three, we all completely misinformed clearly, but it's not the end of the world for most of us because it's just performing what we think it is. Mm. Um, but it'd be great obviously to get it down. And that's as a percentage of sales. So of course there's an argument to say there are less sales happening at the moment as well. And so a little increase in the sales and you'll see that drop off. Okay, good stuff. Net sales. So again, for those of you that don't know, um, an estate agent will sell a house, sort of the contract, and the property will go into the sales pipeline. Okay. So if an agent sells that week 10 houses, but two houses from their pipeline fall through, they might have 100, 120 properties in the sales pipeline, then two as a percentage of 10, so 10 going in, two coming out of the pipeline, is a percentage of 20%, and that is the fall-through rate. Is it a is it a, an ideal way to measure? Fall throughs, it is not, but it's as good as it gets. Uh, and we are now looking at the graph. And uh, as a new addition to the graph, we are now. I'm now showing the run into the end of the year, and you can quite clearly see that. The, and again, we are we are you know everything starts to drift off slightly in September and October. And I know we all know this, but I think it's important that we see this in the in the graph. But look at the, that net sales; they, they bounce back up. Like they like they did in every other Easter summer bank holiday, um, and this is the other one. Before we come through, is accumulative net sales to date five hundred and ninety two. So we are ninety point three. Last week that was ninety point five, and the week before it was ninety point eight. So we are slightly drifting off the seventeen, eighteen, or nineteen. And if we're going to hit your 17 figures, Ben, we've got to find 40,000 net sales between now. Well, you know what I mean. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah it's going to be. Yeah, I mean, it is going to be a challenge. Um, I think look, at the start of the year. I mean, I'm the forever optimist. Um, I, I think as a business owner, you have to be. You've got to be a realist, but you've got to see there's opportunity everywhere you look. And you know, we can all we can all get sucked into our internal bias from from a business performance perspective. We are way ahead of where we were last year. Um, and I know that's not reflective of the entire market. Um, but my view is, you know, I think there's a lot of opportunity out there. I think with good agency work, if you can win the listing at the right price, and even if you can't win it at the right price, but you work it correctly, you can sell it. There are buyers in the market. If you're doing your job 100% correctly, hand on heart, FA Cup final, I've put everything I can into this game. I walk off proud. If you've left anything out there, if you're not doing your job 100%, then there's a huge risk right now that you're not going to get the conversion. Um, more risk than ever before. But, but back to that, the previous graph. Imagine imagine 2020. Look at those sales figures um, as we you know, sort of from week, uh, week 27 onwards as they start to shoot up. And imagine being an agent that works on apartments in London. That's some heartbreaking stuff right there. Having owned an estate agency that was a 75% sales apartments business during that period that's amazing to see just how extreme the sales market went and how little activity was going on in london if you specialized in apartments or you sold apartments it's phenomenal and it also i think is a really that's a really good way to look at the market because if you were just to look at that line as an estate agent as a consumer you would be saying the market's crazy it's wonderful it's amazing everything is selling but if you were to speak to an agent who was sitting in London who sold apartments, they would tell you the market is not moving. And that's the story of the housing market in the UK. There's not one size fits all. You've got to find your niche, you've got to find your market and got to make sure, yeah, this this over, overall, this, this picture of the national housing market is great for context. It's great for building trust. It's great for proving professionalism with your consumer. But what they need to know is what's happening on their road, in their block, in their town. And this is, yeah, that... That for me, such a great example of two extremes happening at the same time. Boys and girls, if you are an estate agent, I'm more than happy for you to use any of these graphs and any of these charts used in the show for on valuations and, and internally within your offices. I'm, I'm not happy for you to use them on social media, but I am happy for you to use them on valuations to show the hunters and the vendors, potential vendors, that you know what you're talking about. They're my gift to you. And again, as, as Ben rightly says, you know, this is just giving you credibility that you know what you're doing. And and it shows, you know, that, that you're not just an estate agent in Droitwich, that you've got the West Midlands picture and you've got the national picture or wherever you are as an estate agent. Because at the end of the day, you are a property expert. You're not a salesman or a saleswoman. Um, Net sales as a percent, uh, net sales in in isolation, and again you can see here fourteen thousand two hundred, and again in the years that we are that are more normal years, sixteen, nineteen, and sixteen. So again we are again they are pulling away slightly, and they continue to do so. We have talked about the average price difference between listings, and again the gap this month is quite high. You can see here in twenty two it was three five eight. This year, this week, three, five, seven, but look at the difference, four, four, seven, four, seven, two. So again, we've touched on that. Let's keep an eye on that, ladies and gentlemen. The price percentage difference, um, but and again, as a percentage, as you can see here, 32%. We've never had it those those sort of levels. Last week it was 25, and the week before it was 17. Now, throughout the whole of the long-term average, the long-term average in the last seven years has been between 16 and 17 percent why is it 16 or 17 percent the higher price properties have a lower propensity or a lower chance of selling which means you know the lower stuff has a greater chance of selling which means that's what will drag the averages down price changes as a percentage of listings so again price you know listings were quite high at 34,000, but the number of price changes at 24,071 percent that shows that agents are working their stock doesn't it that's amazing. Seven out of ten properties are getting re reductions in prices. That no, is... not, no, not seven. Uh, no, no, not, no. Sorry, not a whole of market. I mean, as a percentage of properties coming to the market, but that you know, seventy-one percent is an astonishing figure. The the average for the year is sixty point six nine. Okay, yeah, I mean, fair play. It's, it, 
it, but it's still it's more than a seven-year like, average. Well, it's reasonable. It's still not. It's still not 2019 and 2018 uh, week 36. But I guess their averages would have been low if they have a increase yeah. in this week and those previous years as well. Yeah. Okay. Uh, gross sales as a percentage of listings. And again, um, this is so the number of sales that have taken place as a proportion of listings. And this week we're at 59 percent, which is I'll just pull up the stats. Hold on a second. The average has been 66.83. And for the, re- you know, we have been, for the last few weeks, we've been hovering around the mid-60s. Uh, and in the spring, we were in the late 60s, early 70s. So, and again, 76 is quite high because we had some cracking years in 21 and 22, where you can quite clearly see here, 80 or 90%. That's going to drag the average up. Again, I think here is look at look at the, the best comparisons are 17, 18 and 19 and yeah, we are still a little, we're just, we're just lagging. We're lagging about 10% hind, 10% behind on almost everything compared to 17, 18, or 19. And let us see if Ben has to eat his hat at the end of the year if we don't catch up the 17. So boys and girls, I'm sure you won't want Ben to uh, eat a hat. So please get your fingers out, get some more houses sold. Uh, we you know what though, Chris? Um, if I have to eat my hat, I, I can live with it. If you'd have said to me at the start of the year, Property values are going to be at about 95% of where they were last year. Yep. Transactions will be down about 10% on 2017, 2018, 19. So you're looking at 90% of what your previous performance were, but you're also looking at prices current prices will finish the year, let's say 16, 17% up on where they were pre-COVID. Yep. And I said, yeah, I'll take that, mate. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Like, you know, and again, yeah, I think we need to remember that. that. Number of transactions are down from last year and 22 was down from 21. You know, in 21, 1.4 million houses sold this year. In terms of sold completed this year, mm. it's going to be 885, which means that you are earning, a, you know, it's <laughs> estate agents shouldn't worry too much about house prices. They should worry about transactions and getting a slice of the pie. And what are you doing with regard to marketing? Look what Ben does. And, you know, while some of these competitors are their market shares dropping, it's coming back to the basics, isn't it, Ben? And, you know, good old-fashioned estate agency, getting the property on at the right price. And if you don't, working the stock, great marketing, your video tours are amazing, local property market reports, the works. That's what it's but about. It, it, it's it, back to good old-fashioned estate agency, but using modern technology. It is, but it's also about working your ass off. And that's the thing I think that unfortunately we're, um, and this is not a dig at estate agents, and it's not also a dig at the younger generation, which always seems to come across that way. But as a society, we're leaning towards artificial intelligence doing our job for us. We're leaning towards, can I have more time off? Can I work less hours? Can I work from home? All these things are fine, but understand that it doesn't aid you in doing a better job, working harder, achieving more results. I'm seriously old school. Lead generation, if you want to do more business, you've got to create more opportunities. Create more opportunities, you've got to knock on more doors, deliver more leaflets, post more social. It's a volume game. It's about quality, but it's also about volume. And I hand on heart believe the reason our business is growing because we're just doing more of it. Good quality stuff, but more of it in the right way. Um, I, I genuinely believe there's opportunities out there. As you said, some of our competitors are losing market share. We're gaining market share because the last couple of years, let's tell it what it is, it's been a reactive industry. As a reasonably new business, we couldn't be reactive. No one's calling us. They don't know who we are. So we've had to be proactive. We're already in that mindset and we continue it. That's where we need to be. Let's be as proactive as we possibly can to go find an opportunity. The more opportunities you find, the more business you do. Yes, there will be less transactions market-wide, but allow another business to lose out on the transaction. You don't have to. It doesn't have to. It's not set in stone that everyone has to lose 10%, 20% of their own transactions. You can gain and you can, and somebody else can lose 30%. It's completely down to you. If you're waiting for the phone to ring, you're going to lose out. If you're making the calls, if you're knocking on the doors, if you're having the conversations, you can surpass where you were. For me, hand on heart, it's about attacking the market and getting what you want out of it. Wise words as ever. There's a reason why we ask him on, ladies and gentlemen, and it's for eulogies like that. <laughs> okay. Um, we're going to look at the regions, but as we know, we don't spend too long on these because they don't come out particularly well on um, YouTube. They are available to download. Um, and you can quite clearly see you've got all the regions and you can look at all the stats. These are available to look at in high resolution if you download them using the link that's sort of below um, on the YouTube write-up. Um, green is good and red is bad. And you can quite clearly see that 
the tonality of the market is very similar in terms of that there's lots of greens, lots of greens in terms of price changes and sales in the spring and summer. And then she's been drifting off. But we saw that with this with the stats nationally. But again, I think it's important you look at these and just see where your market, where how you compare regionally. But if you can quite clearly see, irrespective of where you are, the whole market seems to be going in the same direction, irrespective of which region that you're talking. Um, and again, have again download these and look at them. But so you can quite clearly see it gross sales as a percentage of listings. In London, the average is around. So in London, in inner London, which is the N N W W S W S E E and the um, W C and E C postcodes, uh, you can quite clearly see that gross sales as a percentage of listings is around the forty percent mark. But if you go to the northwestern Wales, it's seventy percent. So if you had a house in Wales, you're, you've got a seventy percent chance of selling it. Whilst in London at the moment, you've got a forty-five percent chance of selling it. Um, Fall throughs, and again, you can quite clearly see that the fall throughs are much heavier down south. So inner London, 33, um, southeast, 33, uh, east of England and east Midlands, uh, 33. Whilst if we go up north, she's in the late 20s. So again, fall throughs are prevalent more in the south than they are the north. Um, so, um, sorry, what was that? Yeah, we didn't sell fall throughs. Um, Let's look at this price changes as a percentage of listings. And you can quite clearly see that East Midlands estate agents are working their stock more. Uh, Northeast, come on, guys, 56%. But again, their sale rate's high, so they don't need to drop their uh, prices so much. Um, and then finally, net sales. And you can quite clearly see that the net sale rate is much better up north than it is in the south. So, I mean, look, the net sale rate in London last week, 23.48, 27 the week before, 31. So, again, you can see why, you know, it's a bit it's tough. But it's tough being an agent. I mean, it's tough everywhere, isn't it, being an agent? But in London, it is hard work, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's not an easy gig. Um, it's a challenging environment. Um, I think up and down the country, everywhere comes with its own challenges. Uh, the last couple of years, um, people have said ridiculous things like, it's easy to sell a house, it's easy to be an estate agent. I've got stories of friends putting properties on the market and receiving 80 phone calls within 60 minutes. For people that want to view, you know, just non-stop, non-stop, non-stop. That comes with its own challenges. There's always something that needs to be dealt with. It's always something that, you know, what's the next challenge? Um, I think looking at that data, if I'm a London agent, I, I'm a London agent, I fall into those postcodes. But if I'm if I'm not me, if I'm someone watching this show, I say, well, London's always had a, a, a lower uh, conversion rate. We're used to that down here. We're used to having to list more properties to sell one. Um, my mate up in Leamington Spa, John Hanford, um, always takes the piss because in Leamington they sit, I think, somewhere between 70, 70 and 80% as a conversion rate generally. And when he looks at London and we're at about 40% generally, he says, you guys are crap. And I say, it's not that we're crap. It's, you know, it's market conditions, it's culture, it's approach. It's um, the sentiment of a London seller who's not really that fussed about selling. They're sitting on a property there. They want to have a punt. They want to try a price. That's a sweeping statement. That's not the whole market, of course. But things like that really, really distort the market, especially when you get to the extreme high value properties. So it's, um, look, I, I think a lot of those ratios, irrespective of what the market's doing, you know, the Northeast would always perform better in terms of um, yes. our conversion rate than London, for instance. And in, so even, in, even in the happy days of 2021, it was much higher than London as well. So yeah. everything moves up and down. Right then, so we've done the re we've done the national stuff. We briefly looked at the regional stuff, which again you can download. And now we are going to move to the uh, local focus, which this week is on the sunny town or city of Norwich. So for the purposes of the stats today, we're using the 20EA Insights platform. Um, this is a piece of kit that any estate agent can have. Uh, it is available free of charge for two or three postcodes um, for anyone in the UK. If you then wanted a little bit more postcodes and a bit more data on top, a little bit going back a bit further, then you do have to cross their palm with silver. Uh, not in my humble opinion, not a lot of money uh, for what you get. Uh, obviously, if you have multiple brand, multiple locations, the price does go up. Um, I'm not being paid 
and you're going to laugh at this one. So come on, give me that wry smile. Um, I've not been paid in any way, shape or form, nor do I get any commission to uh, recommend the 20 EA Insights platform. It's just I'm a massive fanboy of it and they give me access to it free of charge. But in return, I just use it in the show and highlight its advantages because this kit is like Right Move Plus with lasers with a couple of Saturn V rockets strapped to the back of it with Go Faster Stripes. That's good, isn't it? You like that, don't you? Wonderful. Wonderful. <coughs> you are a fanboy. I am a fanboy <laughs> this. Right then. So for the purposes of the... Uh, so can you see the platform at the moment? Yep. Yes, we can. Good stuff. So for the purposes of Norwich, we are looking at the postcodes of NR1234567889. Okay. And as we can, what we're looking at here is the stock levels, not new listings, which will, new instructions, which we'll come on to a second. And you can quite clearly see here that, and again, well, let's look at the whole month because we always look at the whole month that. And again, stock levels in those postcodes at this moment in time, not a Norwich estate agents, two thousand as we um for August, 2,375 properties for sale compared to 1,468 in August 22, compared to 1,421. So that is quite a jump. You know, that is over 50%. That's a 65% increase off the top of my head, 60, 65%. And that gap has been getting bigger and bigger. So it's really important that if you're putting houses on the market, that you don't just add another overpriced property just to keep your listings bonus going. Let me know what some of you are like, bless you. Um, yeah, the market is getting tougher. So let's just see stock levels and just have a look. And, and Ben, as always, I will just keep talking. You jump in when you see something you particularly want to shout out. So... William H. Brown, which are uh, part of the Connell Sequence Group. William H. Brown, originally from Sleaford in Lincolnshire, and then a lot of the branches in that network uh, renamed, rebranded themselves William H. Brown uh, about 20, 30 years ago. Uh, no, actually a bit more than that, because it was actually William H. Brown, Ben, that my wife and I met. How Wow. There you go, eh? And the rest wow. is history. Special go. place in your heart, eh? A special, is that a special place in our heart, Jerry? Yes, a special place in our heart. <laughs> okay. But interestingly, let's look at this, William H. Brown. Your market share of stock has been slowly drifting down from 16% towards the 12 or 13% area. Uh, so that's interesting, you know. And and I'm trying to remember out of because we're on show 36 this week, we started doing these local analyses probably at week four or five. That um, normally the biggest agent in town is not a big one of the big Connell, uh, Connell sequence groups, but obviously here, absolutely well done, guys, for being number one. Does look like your market share is slipping in terms of stock, but if you're selling them, that's good news. Let's go and have a look at Gilson Bailey and Partners. Well, they seem to be growing, don't they? Okay, yeah, let's go look up. Okay, uh, Miners and Brady again. Wow, look at that. That's gone from five percent to ten percent. Mm. Now I have come across Jamie before. He's uh, he's boss man there. Uh, smart operator. In fact, I don't know if you know Ben. I'm doing a countdown of the top hundred uh, estate yes. agents in the UK, and um, Jamie and the guys at Miners and Brady. I've got five offices, and they were doing the same amount of sales that, that of agents with over thirty branches. Now some of those agents were in London, but still very a very impressive operation. They do run a sharp. Sh sharp ship I'd say that quick uh starkings and watson going in the right direction abbott fox okay guys looks like you're dropping there a bit russen and hill okay a little spike there but generally going in the upward direction winkies they're going up as well pims again we had a bit of a spike there might be some new homes there we could probably just swap take that out actually and just see if that makes a difference no it doesn't uh, let's look at Webster's. Okay, and then Hearts. So isn't it interesting, Ben, that it comes to stock that most agents are growing? So obviously the top 10 agents in Norwich, the net effect, if you looked at their growth, is all positive. Normally they average themselves out, so that means that the estate agents, the smaller agents in Norwich, are suffering against the top 10. But, but also that William H. Brown, the biggest agent in town, is going backwards, so they're taking some off those guys, I guess. 
Mm, yeah, but not okay. 16 down to 12. So they've gone down from 16 to around 11. But, you know, miners and Prady have gone from 5 to 10. So mm. that's 5% of it. But most of them are still growing. Okay. I mean, again, let's have a go and have a look at um, the, the sales and listings. So, again, um, since the 1st of Jan 21, 15,860 properties have sold in the Norwich postcodes we've already mentioned at an average price of 297. Okay, I'll just keep going, Ben. You just shout at when mm -hmm. you go. So let's just see where the agents sit in terms of the marketplace because I always like to look at the, how you like this, the upper quartile. <laughs> Sorry, mate. Um, let's have a look. So William H. Brown, two, so again, so that's, that's interesting. They're just below the 10% below the, the running rate in terms of the average for the, for the city. Okay, let's look at Gil, Gilson and Bailey again, just a bit behind. But again, if you're a volume agent, you do tend to get the lower to middle range. Yeah, Miners and Brady two eight six, just pardon me, just slightly above. Starkings and Watson two eight six. They're all pretty tight here. This is quite mm. good. Uh, Russell and Hill two nine five. Winkworths three eleven. I would have expected a bit more from Winkworths because uh, they tend to be, tend to attract the posher stuff. Abbott Fox two six five. 299 for Pim and Co, Webster's, through all 375 and Hart. Okay, so 15, let's go and look at the upper quartile properties and see who the daddy O's are there when it comes to new instructions. Okay, so we're looking for 715, 30. So here we go. So the upper quartile because there was 15,000. So the upper quartile is going to be around the three and a half mark, because that's a quarter of it. We'll state there. So anything above 400,000 is considered upper quartile. Actually, let's go half a million just for what's the same in giggles. So it looks like here that Webster's are the daddies when it comes to the upper quartile. Sowerbiz. Uh, we're H. Brown getting in on the action. That's nice to see. Well done, guys. You don't normally find a mass market agent coming into the posh stuff. Um, Myers and Brady, you seem to be holding your own there. Strat Stratfords of Eton, okay, we've not heard of those before. Claxton Bird Residential, again, I don't need these names that ring a bell with you. Let's just let's go no. again. Isn't that yeah? That's interesting. Only thirteen properties have come on the market above three quarters of a million in Norwich. Wow, yeah, that is interesting, isn't it? Not many so on the right hand side, bottom corner is property count for, for total listings. They've that, that each brand has taken on. Yep. Hold on. Let's just I'll just switch. Hold on. There we go. Hold on. My apologies. I was putting the wrong number. Three hundred and forty-one properties. Okay. Three hundred and forty-one properties. Pressing the wrong button there. Over three, three quarters. Let's look at the million pound mark. Only ninety-two. Okay. Savvy seems to be the daddy. Well, again, the Savile. Oh, Savils. It's the first time we've seen them, yeah. Okay. I don't know if there is a Savills in uh, in Norwich. You would not at those sort of numbers. If well, I'd hope I'd hope they would be selling more than that. But so okay, so that's new instructions. So that's um again, I don't know if you find that of interest. Again, this is going to be interest to people of um so interestingly, let's look at this. William H. Brown have eleven percent of new listings. Let's how many, what C percentage of sales they have? Ten. So they're slightly below the mark. The running you should they should be the same, okay? Gilson and Bailey, uh, new new instructions, 9.1. Let's look at their sales, 9.29. Well done, guys. Miners and Brady, 8.35 listings and sales 8.6. So again, quite tight. Fair play. Top three. I mean, great work from the top three, I've got to say. That's really good results. Okay, good stuff. So let's move on and look. So these are this is the stuff that agents, you know, they love to a little bit of ego massaging and their growth and stuff like that. But I think it's, I mean, again, just let's just have a look at my look at. I mean, that you got well done, my great. I just yeah. sorry, phenomenal. Okay, really, really good. Now this is a graph that I really, really love. Unfortunately, it's a bit of a geek fest, but there is some absolute gold in this. Or well, the next two slides, and if you, ladies and gentlemen, if you're having trouble at the moment trying to get decent fees, this graph, the next graph, this chart, if you if you're actually putting doing the work and you're as good as you think you are, and the numbers back it up, this can prove that if you're if you'll be charging, say, a thousand pounds more than your competitors, this will if you're getting ten thousand pounds more for a house, this actually proves it. So let's have a look. So 
Let's not look at new instructions because we've already talked about that. Let's not look at salt of the contracts. Let's not at, let's not look at fall throughs and let's not look at price changes. Although you can ha have a look at the price changes in a second because I'd like some feedback from you in a second on the on the price changes. Some surprising numbers in there, but you, um, um, but let's have a look. The magic thing when it comes to estate agency is if a property leaves an estate agent's book, it leaves for two reasons: one, she exchanges, or two, she withdraws. Obviously, if a sale pulls through and it goes back onto the market, she doesn't leave your book, so we're not counting it. It's whether she leaves your books. You can quite clearly see here that William H. Brown, so the average number, the average estate agent in Norwich in the last year will have exchanged on 62.2% of the properties that left their books, whilst withdrew 37%. So let us see how you compare and contrast. And William H. Brown are at 52.44%. Gilson's are at 58 but a huge, massive well done to Miners and Brady at 70%. Also, Starkings Star and Watson at 72%, and also Russell and Hill at 68%. You see, if you're going up against William H. Brown and you're Miners and Brady, you've got almost a 50% greater chance of getting your house sold with Miners and Brady and Russell and Hill than William H. Brown. There's nothing against William H. Brown. We just, these are the cold, hard facts. That's pretty powerful, isn't it? To say, Mrs. Miggins, your chances of selling with me are almost 50% more. Yeah, I mean, yeah, without a question, without, look, look at Abbott and Fox, 79%. We sell four out of five homes we list versus William H. Brown selling one out of two. You know, it, 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 it's amazing stats. It's raw, it's real, it's um, credible, as opposed to anecdotal stories about how wonderful my agency is. Have a quick look and see if the smaller agents have got some bigger numbers. And hey, presto, massive well done there. Claxton Bird at 76, Iconic 82, Abbott's, sorry guys, 48%. Um, Sowerby's 53. I mean, and Astley, well done at 80. So I wonder the, Sowerby's, they're, they're top end of the market, are they? Yes, so they are. I wonder if they're slightly different markets, slightly different. Yes. Um, again, the, again, the posture of the house is the, the propensity to sell is much lower. So you've got to take that with a slight pinch of salt. Interestingly, just so again, ladies and gentlemen, this is the only competitive landscape um, screen from the um, 20 EA uh, insights platform. We're not promoting this. We just love it. And it's a brilliant bit of kit and you can have it for free. Um, if you just go there and have, uh, I think you have two or three postcodes for free. Um, Interestingly, the residential sales market in Norwich has, in the last 12 months, compared to the 12 months before, has grown by 10.18%. So 10.18% more properties have come onto the market than, now that isn't, and again, here we are, this is just a little thing going off. The number of properties for sale, the number of properties for sale has gone up by 50%. But the number of listings has only gone up by 10%, which means the sale rates dropped, hasn't it? Sorry, number of listings is up 50%, number of sales of no. is up 10%. No. The stock levels yeah. year on year is up 45%, 50 okay. But the number of listings... Oh, is... sorry, okay. Yeah, so there's a lag, um, lots of stock sitting. Okay. Yeah, so that yeah. shows you that the number of properties selling... So again, these stats are even more powerful. That you know, Mrs. Miggins, you, you know, let's be honest, 21-22, put up for sale board up there, form an order queue, ladies and gentlemen, and we'll just take the one who's, you know, we've got multiple offers. Now, if you're still in the same mindset of putting your property on the market uh, at the you know, in in that fashion and, and you're overcooking the figures, then okay, you might have to try it a bit for a couple of weeks, but get it written in the sole agency if the two weeks will get the price down, get your next round. And again, my biggest beef is this. If you're putting the house on the market, you need to actually get the price down yourself. If, you, if you're giving it to Little Floss, who's only been in the business two months or two years, has only known this sort of market, and you've got grey hair, or you know, you've got the balls to put it on the market and overprice, then you've got you've got to stand up and, and be a man or woman about it and get the price down on it, haven't you? you yeah, think? I mean, yeah, I I think and a lot of the time, sweeping statement here, this is where the smaller independents, the sort of director-led, owner-led businesses tend to outperform the bigger businesses because you've got a director, someone with skin in the game in the room 
who a lot of the time, not always, but a lot of the time is the lister, is the person that runs the branch to business. And so they'll take full responsibility for the client relationship and ensuring the property comes to the market. In theory, at the right price, not always getting it right, but there's no there's no hiding in a small business. Whereas in a corporate, the perception is everyone's got their specific role. My job is volume. I put it in the top of the funnel, hand it over to you guys. You guys work it out. So I think the, the independent business outperform most of the time the larger corporates, unless they've got a really strong SLA around how we list, where we price, and where we have those conversations about the reductions. If you look at the graph here, you can see here the movement of the spherical balls. And William H. Brown, which is being clipped there, is not moving. And you can see who's... So if you're moving off to the right, that you're growing your business. If you're moving to the left, your your, your business is, is, is dropping, remembering that the whole market's growing by 10%. So if you're only... You know, Gilson, Bailey and Partners are growing by 11% in terms of their listings, but the market's growing by 10 So in reality, they haven't grown that much. William H. Brown... Temp, you know, same number of listings, but actually are going backwards. Yeah. Uh, well done for Webster's, but again, Webster's, let's have a look, see where Webster's is. Again, there they are, bless them. So again, look, you can see here, the further north you are on this graph, the posher houses. So it looks like Webster's seem to be doing quite well in that. So price changes, interestingly, normally the corporates are the ones with the most price changes. But interestingly, Miners and Brader at 67. So... They're not only they're set, they're getting their prices down, then selling them. Yes, yeah. See, I, I think the corporates have the um the incremental price changes. I think the independents make the price changes that get the property sold. They're more in the we need to do a deal as opposed to we're incentivized to get a price reduction. The incentive on the price reduction should be that you help the consumer sell their home, but um, all too often the incentive is not set up necessarily in that way. Um uh urban yeah. legend don't know yeah. if this is true or not a large corporate has several different uh incentives set out for different team members so obviously valuation instruction conversion whatever you want to call that but when it gets handed over to a different team there's a uh, incentive in place for the number of price reductions you can achieve which is insane to think that a business can be set up to you know we we could get the price reduction we need to get your home sold but actually i benefit more if I get it from you over a period of three, four, five, six, seven, eight weeks, what is going on in the world? Uh, urban legend. I don't know if that's true, but I've heard it. I've been told it more than once. So I assume it I will have be been told it many times. There's bonuses for putting a house on the market. There is bonuses for market share of listings. There is, you know, it doesn't matter whether it sells or not. And the negs get paid a bonus for price reductions. When in reality, we only get paid when we sell a house. So my personal opinion is that you should only be paid a commission when you when everyone gets paid. Just, I don't know, call me, call me old-fashioned, but there you go. Right, we're move, moving on. We've got a couple more reports to go. And this this particular graph, is, uh, this chart is particularly, now again, a bit of a geek heaven. But fundamentally, what happens is this. 20EA have looked at all 630 properties that William H. Brown have put on the market and the same 598 that Gilson Bailey and all, all, all the way through. And they've applied an automated valuation model price to every property that you put on the market, or as you might call it a Valpal figure, other AVMs are available. And then you can see here which estate agents overvalue or what the, what margin they put above that valuation to put the house on the market. And you can quite clearly see here that William H. Brown are at 3.4, Gilson's at 3.05, Myers and Brady's four. So that's quite interesting. Winkworth's at what? Uh, now, normally, again, Miners and Brady, you would expect people that overvalue at, you know, we, we looked at it last week. There was loads of agents that were up three or four percent. But then when they actually house sold, it, they were chopping a hell of a lot off. Whilst those that valued it nice and tight got really close to the price. Because look, here we go. William H. Brown got 2.62 percent on average for the on, on the sale compared off, off the original asking price. What's here, Russell and Hill get 4.93. Now, percentages, most people find that really difficult to compute. So basically what 20EA do is this. They look at the same house. So in Norwich, if everyone put the same 300 grand house on, what would they achieve? William H. Brown would get 302 and 75. Gilson and Bailey, 301, 857. 
Miners and Brady, 304, 400. So again, if I was Miners and Brady and going up against Gilson's, I could say, Mr. Miggins, I will get you £2,800 more. Hence why you pay me £500 extra in fees, worth it. Because you are, I'm getting £500 more, but you're getting a net figure of 2300 more. And here's your proof. I mean, look at Russell and Held, 293. Starkings and Watners, 297. You know, but then Claxton Residential, well done, guys, 311. You know, the, this is... So, Chris, let me just explain that back to you to make sure I get it and the audience gets it. William H. Brown, average listing price, 300,000. They would value it at 3.41% higher than that. So around about 10K. They would, they would, the asking price, the average asking price would be 3.41% above the 28 Insights AVM price. And then the price achieved would be 2.62% below that asking price. Original. So that would take them, so they go from 300,000 as the average listing price. No, for the example. No, no, the house that, is, no, the house is worth 300 grand. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, that is actually what I meant. And then they would list it for 3.41 above that. So roughly 10,000 above that. Yes. Then you would chip 2.62% off that. Yes. For the actual sale price, which would pull you back down to 302000 Yes. And remember, this so is their the strategy for an average listing price property of 300000 uh, average uh, valued property of £300,000 would achieve um, an extra 2 k for their consumer. Over what, over what the AVM figure. Remembering, yeah. though, this is exchanges for the last 12 months. So we are looking at some of these exchanges would have been back end of Q4 which meant the sales were agreed in Q1, Q2, 22. Hence why, hence why we're, you know, we've got a hangover here of, of overpriced, you know, not <laughs> but the price that if a house is worth 300 and we get multiple bids, it goes over it, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. The bottom, the, it's almost irrelevant that it's 300 grand. The bottom line is it's the difference between the agents. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that in the yep. top 10, there is one agent that would get 293 and there's one agent that would get 304. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and this is independent proof that shows that when you're up battling against fees, you can look at this. You can see why I love this 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 bit of kit is. Um, you're more likely to sell my. I'm more likely to sell your house, Mrs. Miggins, and I'll get you an extra three thousand pounds, or whatever the figure is. It's like a pie chart on steroids. It is like a pie chart on steroids. It's wonderful. You know, you can see why I like it. See how quick agents sell their houses. And we can quite clearly see here that in terms of we've got new instructions to sort of the contract and sort of the contract to completion. So let's just have a quick look. We'll just do it in order of, of them all combined. And Claxton Bird seem to be the, the, the quick ones. They do it all in 156 days, while Stratford's have eaten 207. So quite a difference there. I think looking at the total time is important because some agents don't hit sort of the contract until say surveys. So again, I like to look at the whole time. So how long it how long it takes to find a buyer and then how long it takes to do your sales progression. You know, some big differences there. Okay. Yeah. Um finally, we're going to leave on lettings. Oh, I tell you, I just did wanted to see is this. Look at the low rate of, of online estate agents, average nationally 5.45 at the moment, and in Norwich 2.21. Interesting, don't you think? What's that, Chris? Just what's the definition of an online estate agent? Non-geographic agent, I believe. Okay. Okay. So your likes of your EXPs and things, I don't believe because they are geographically based. Now you're going to turn around and say, well, what about Purple Bricks and Yopa and things like that? I don't know. You know, it's not... Remember, I'm not Mr. 20EA or Mrs. 20EA. I just use the platform. Okay. Normally, open rent are the big agent, big, you know, mm. the, okay. So William H. Brown, I've put 702 properties on the market for rent this year. Again, these numbers are a bit skew with because a lot of agents haven't been putting their properties on for new listings. But um, I think it's interesting to see, it, you know, that. Um, I think we just have to look at a snapshot and just see who the players are in that. We can't see any growth at all. Well, we can actually open rent 24%, Plymouth Co. 15%. But again, most rental properties tend to stay with the same land agent unless you're swapping them. People tend to swap. So I think it was just a, just a snapshot just to see where, where we are with things. We'll just have a little You've got to say that William H. Brown, what a business. Top of both. Phenomenal. 
Fair play, great corporate, corporate as well. Yeah. But but we you know you are in their strong lands there. You know you know the game of risk where you play Australasia <laughs> and you know you can't you can't beat Australasia. Um, you know it is you are in their backyard there. So well done there, William H Brown. Okay, um, I think we're there, mate. Uh, final thoughts before we go. Um, yeah, I, I think the the data we just looked at, not sorry, not Norwich data, the, the national data fits exactly with um, what I thought I'd be seeing today. Not exactly, but really trend lines. Um, you know, we didn't look at, or I didn't look at the data before we came to this call. Um, we've just come out with summer holidays. Market slows for the summer holidays, although as I pointed out in the local market to us, above a million pounds, there was a lot of um, activity, more activity from the sellers and the buyers. Um, there's a lot of concern. You said it, you, you know, the takeaway line is agents are too concerned with property prices and what prices are doing. Um, and, you know, the headlines and the consumer sentiment piece. For me, what I said, oh, I say this fairly regularly at the moment, it's a confusing place to be, the property market, the economy in the UK. Um, from day to day, you can look at the trade press and see three positive articles and four negative. You can open up um, any news app on your phone. You can look at any paper. It's challenging right now. Um, my view is that the final three months of the year represent huge opportunity. But it's about the work you do right now. Um, September, October is where we list properties, we sell properties. November, December, you know it's going to slow down. Um, if you want to have a good finish to the year. And I think if you want to build your 2024 pipeline, which I can't stress is so important, do not think this year is just about finishing on good exchanges and completions this year. It's setting yourself up for a good start to 2024 because if you don't do business in Q1, Q2 2024 is horrible. So let's not allow that to happen. It's just opportunity creation. Do the things that you know work. Stop trying to reinvent the wheel. We use AI on a daily basis in our business, but it's not running the business. It's not dictating what we do. Use the tools that create efficiencies, absolutely. But get your hands dirty, get stuck in, go create opportunities. There is business to be done. It's about mindset. It's about clarity. It's about certainty. If you deliver that to your team, to your consumer, you will do business. Be the oracle. Use the data that Chris provides create the context or provide the context actually don't create it provide it and then set yourself up to win honest difficult challenging sexy conversations is what wins ben as always thank you very much for your beautiful insight but more importantly thank you for watching the show we'll see you next week in the next show we'll see what's happening to the stats there if you've got any suggestions with regard to towns please do put them in the comments um, if you've got any feedback, especially constructive feedback, um, things that we could think we could do better, please, again, put them in the comments. And I look forward to seeing you next week for week 37. Thanks very much.